Well, if there was one week where our great man TD deserved a week off of annual leave, given what happened over the course of this week, uh, it would be this one. But TD, as I bring you in, mate, the uh, other member of our staff has gone on annual leave and he didn't run it by me. So did you clear it? Oh, I didn't clear it at all. Um, I'd be asking some questions to be taking yeah. some time off at this time of year. Yeah, I would have thought that week 11 would have been the time for that rubbish. But Smitty oh, yeah. is in here, but we're going to take you through the next little bit. Going to be a shorter show as, of course, less games on. But, mate, this is a time where the serious season starts. And even though we didn't have too many close games, the, uh, the men separated themselves from the boys for sure. Yeah, they did. That's kind of what the wildcard uh, round is for, I guess, kind of weeding out those teams that, kind of didn't belong there in the first place. And, and I think you could say that the six teams that lost kind of didn't – well, I guess they deserve to be there because um, you have to have 14 or so playoff teams. But um, they were obviously a step below the teams that obviously are going to be playing this week. Um, but, yeah. Well, speaking of that, Twitter went genuinely bananas given the uh, lopsided scores. Do you think the seven teams in each conference – is the right call. If we take the money out of it, we know we can't change it, but do you see a massive difference between six or seven playoff teams? No, I, I, um, I'm I, not a fan of it. I really think there should be um, more of a reward for finishing, obviously, the number two seed in each conference. Obviously, there's only one um, first-round buy, which you, know, you could have a, a season that's as good as the Chiefs had and you still miss out um, on a first-round buy. I, I think... What have we had four of those two versus seven games so far? And, and I'm pretty sure the two seeds won every time. So um, I'm not a fan of, in my opinion, in sports, you kind of keep the playoffs to as minimal as possible. You, you have a long regular season and, and they try and throw in as many playoff teams as possible. doesn't make sense, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you, mate, and all that. Um, last question that I wanted to ask you, and I don't want you to go – down the emotional investment route, but on average in the last 25 years, seven new playoff teams go in and seven come out. I was going to ask Smithy if he's here, but I'm sure he'll send us a message after he listens to the episode. Out of the teams that lost, because on average in the last eight years that five of those seven, of course, we had six losers, so maybe it'll go up or down, uh, end up dropping out. Of all the teams that lost, if you had to pick one to not make the playoffs next year, who would it be? Um, I think it's, it's, Probably uh, the Steelers stand out a little bit more than anyone else just because they've got a lot of uncertainty at quarterback. Obviously, Big Ben not going to be there next year and we don't really know what they look like. And to be honest, they weren't too impressive this season anyway, so I could easily see them dropping off and they're probably one to, to watch out for slipping away next year. Yeah, definitely. And I know their fans are going to hate me, but I'm going to say Philly. Um, I think they just went exceeded expectations. Uh, too much, but at, like we people say that there's no, there can be dynasties of teams, but there's no dynasty of um, playoff finishes. So who knows how it's going to go? Let's get stuck straight into it, mate. Now you've got a soft spot for the Raiders. You tip the Raiders out of good faith. I think even you could admit that it was a tip out of your heart and not your head. Um, but the Bengals got up by seven, 26 to 19. And ironically, it was the equal closest game, but it never really felt like the Raiders were going to win at any stage. Yeah, I, I think I did just throw the Raiders in there as kind of a, I'm hoping that they win. Um, and in this game, the Bengals were the better team. Uh, I don't think this game should have been close at all. As you said, it was a seven-point game. I thought the Bengals, for the most part, were a lot better. Um, all four of their first half offensive drives, they scored on, um, and they kind of uh, fell away a little bit in the second half. They converted only two out of six third down opportunities and kind of let the Raiders back in. Uh, Jamar Chase was incredible in this game um, and he's getting nearly too much credit now, but you can't be giving him too much credit. You just forget he's a rookie. Um, he's not playing like one. He's really reliable. Um, it, it really is not often that you see rookie wide receivers or, or rookie players in the playoffs, you know, leading their team uh, and being the focal point of that team's offense, and that's what Jamar was in this game. He was unbelievable. Uh, but the Bengals won this game with their defense, which I'm not sure. I think a lot of people expected them to put up a lot of points. They, they didn't put up too many points, but their defense was what won in this game, especially their red zone defense. The Raiders got into the red zone five times in this game and only scored one touchdown, and that's um, that was the difference in this game easily. If they had to put two or three on the board, it's definitely a lot closer, and, and maybe they get away with the win. Uh, I thought that the refs were horrible in this game, not so much with bad calls, um, and it's not so much their fault. 
it just felt unorganized. Um, the NFL kind of they have their crews for the regular season, and then they try and reward the best uh, refs for the postseason, and they throw different crews in with different referees, and it just is sloppy. And that showed in this game. Um, I don't know why they change it. Obviously, there was that incident with the inadvertent whistle um, on that Joe Burrow touchdown pass. And by rule, you know, the whistle signals the end of play and technically probably shouldn't have been a touchdown. Um, and the Raiders probably have, or the Raiders fans at least, have a right to be frustrated with that. Um, you know, they should have replayed the down by rule. But, you know, Burrow didn't step out of bounds, didn't come close to out of bounds. And that whistle came about half a second before um, the, the wide receiver made the catch in the end zone. And he was wide open anyway. So uh, at the end of the day, the right result, um, it wasn't like that was a bad result. Um, or anything like that. So it was a bad mistake by the refs, and they're going to pay um, because apparently they're not going to be officiating another game in the playoffs um, after their performance. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure um, if Raiders fans, you know, didn't agree with the referees, they're going to be happy with that. But the Raiders did have a chance at the end to send it to overtime. Uh, I never thought they were going to score on that drive based on their red zone efficiency during that game. And, and they couldn't convert. They ran out of plays. Derek Carr, I didn't think, had his best game. He threw the interception on the final drive. Uh, but he's got to be proud of the season that he's had and that the team's had. Um, you know, Raiders fans would be proud of their team, I think. And for the Bengals, you know, I was going against them in this game. But how can you not be excited for, you know, this team going forward next year and years beyond? But also for the rest of this playoffs, they're just so exciting to watch. You can't dislike them, I don't think. Um, you know, I think a lot of people will be going for them this season. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely the dark horse that I think everyone's going to get behind. The two points that um, I just want to touch on, uh, I have, and during the off-season, will continue the shit nicknames tradition. Um, whichever commentator, I know it wasn't in this game that um, they started calling, calling Joe Burrow Joe Burr because it's cold. Please stop it. That's <laughs> fucking terrible. And that's coming from me. So first and that's of all, caught on as well. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unbelievable. But I agree with you with the pride about um, Raiders and their fans. The fact that this is their second winning season since 2002, and granted, under the circumstances that have plagued them all year, uh, only a little as a franchise as a whole, not their fault. Individuals did what the individuals did. We're not here to commentate on any of that. So for them to get at this point, I mean, if they get the right coach and they make some shrewd moves in the offseason, I don't, there's no reason why they shouldn't be there next year. It wouldn't make sense for them to have their backs against the wall and perform and then, you know, hopefully get looked after as best they can and and then drop away. So uh, I think there's plenty to be optimistic about in Las Vegas. Let's move on, mate, to the Bills and the Patriots. And, oh, goodness gracious me, if there's one man that would love to gloat right now, it would be Smithy and sucked in. He's not here. But uh, quick few stats, 70, uh, sorry, 47, uh, the most amount of points that a team has put up against Bill Belichick in the playoffs, 30, the biggest loss of Bill Belichick's playoff career. And I think someone said the equal second in his coaching career, and that includes Cleveland, which is out, which is astounding. Um, but uh, let's talk about the Bills first because, you know, people that hate the Patriots, and look, I should probably hate them more than most given the fact that my team's in the AFC East, but let's focus on the Bills, mate. This had um, we are the best team in the league written all over it with the way they played. Yeah, they um, they dominated this game and kind of you, you look at the score and go, oh, you know, they had a big win, but the score really doesn't do this justice. They, they really put it to them in this game and, um, you know, if you take out their final drive in which they were in victory formation, the Bills' seven offensive drives went for maximum yards and points. Um, so all of their drives finished in touchdowns. So obviously, you can't get any more points than oh, unless they wanted to go for two if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But they couldn't have scored any more points. And if your drives are any in touchdowns, you can't gain any more yards. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. I'm, I'm pretty sure something like that has never happened. You know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Yeah, I've never seen it, um, especially in a playoff game. It's just so rare to have uh, a team have that efficiency on offense. Um, and I've been very hesitant to call the Bills Super Bowl contenders this year. Um, I hadn't seen enough from them, uh, and they've been too up and down. You know, we've seen games like they had against the Jaguars where they just blew that game, and it's hard to kind of see that team after a performance like this. 
Um, but I think they're in a really good position right now. Um, they're obviously playing some really good football lately, hitting some good form at the right time of the year. And, um, you know, usually at this time of the year for Chiefs fans, it's pretty uh, relaxing knowing uh, that you're most likely going to the AFC Championship game. But this game um, coming up next week kind of is the AFC Championship game. It just feels um, like if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you should be shitting your pants a little bit. <laughs> um, obviously not saying that they're going to go in as underdog or anything like that, but the Bills, if they play like that, they can you know beat any team in the league. It was just incredible. Um, you know, if you had told me a team is going to give up 47 points this week, allowing seven touchdowns on seven drives and not forcing a fourth down, you know, there's no way I would have said, oh, that, that'd be um, that'd be the Patriots that allow that, coached by Bill Belichick. Mm. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's shocking. Um, it really is. I obviously picked the Patriots in this game and I thought it was going to be low scoring and, um, you know, it kind of, you know, you could tell by the first couple of drives that this game was going to be pretty ugly. Uh, Josh Allen, he had more touchdown passes than incompletions in this game. Obviously, the five touchdowns and four incomplete passes, that just doesn't seem real. That's Madden-like. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, it's there's no words for, for what the Bills did to the Patriots here. And I thought Mac Jones and the Patriots offense, they never really got a chance to get in rhythm. Mm. Um, I thought they looked good in their opening drive. Uh, but Mac Jones took a deep shot uh, and there was a great interception by Micah Hyde um, and that kind of just ended all momentum they had on that drive and they couldn't get anything going after that. But, yeah, it, it was incredible from the Bills and you know, if they play like that, they're going to be real hard to beat. Yeah, and as easy as it would be to say that you can take everything out of, you know, a perfect offensive game, as we said, that nine receivers um, get a catch, six of them multiple. So clearly just flexing their muscles there. And when Cole Beasley's only had one catch, um, then the the bills are just so well rounded at the moment, and I could just hear Smitty in the back of my head just going, "Yeah, fucking told you so." But the other thing that they had as well is they had four rushes for positive yards as well. Mitch Trubisky had three rushes for negative two yards. But if we're being honest, and I mean this with all the respect to uh, to Mitch here, no one's really looking at that. Um, for being completely honest, yeah. but they did it in different ways. Devin Singletary was awesome. But the question about the Patriots, and I can't believe as a Dolphins fan I'm going to say this, but I have to in all that is well and good. Will people take this performance the wrong way when they assess Mac Jones' rookie year? Because I'm sorry, as a Dolphins fan, if our rookie quarterback took us to the playoffs, that should be sufficient enough. Sure, you can be disappointed about the way that it went down, but come on, Patriots fans couldn't have thought they'd go in there and do what they did. They'd play twice originally. They won and I know this is going to sound like I'm uh, maybe an incorrect opinion, but I think if Josh Allen had the wind in the last quarter of that rainy day, they'd probably get up because he's got a cannon of an army. He was throwing the balls, going backwards. So, yeah, it's so difficult to think the Patriots are going to win this game. I get that you're disappointed that you were humiliated, but you have a rookie quarterback and the best coach ever, and you went to the playoffs. Surely you've got to be okay with that and know that it's only going to get better. True. Yeah, that is true. Um, and I think, as I said, the Patriots' offense just couldn't get in any rhythm and, and it wasn't Mac Jones's fault. Um, so, like, he imploded and, and was the reason the Patriots lost. He could have played his best game of all time and they still would have lost this game. Um, yeah, I think he had the couple of turnovers. He also had a couple of touchdown passes. So, um, you know, it was a good learning experience for him, a playoff game on the road. He's only going to learn from there. It's his first season. Um a guy like that in a system like that, he's only going to get better. Um, so, yeah, it's a good experience for him. And I think, you know, the Patriots fans just need to keep their heads up, I guess. A lot could have gone wrong this year. Um, you could have obviously not picked Mac Jones or he could have, couldn't have played the way he played and, and he's sitting down towards the bottom of the division. But they did really well this year and it's only going to be up from here, I think. Absolutely. And a quick shout out to Kendrick Bourne as well, who had seven catches for 77 yards and two touchdowns. He played magnificently. Let's move on to the Bucks and the Eagles, mate. You got this tip right. We absolutely nailed this as a group. Smithy and I went six for six. You went out there, and whilst we, you know, we can make a joke about it, and believe me, we will. But to offer up the different perspectives is always good. But this was the most predictable result, and probably a pretty predictable score as well. Thirty-one to fifteen, Tampa's way. This was over by quarter time, and as frustrating as it is that we didn't get all these close games, when you're looking at a thirty-one to nil scoreline, it's a uh, job done. Move on to the next one, don't you think? Yeah, this game just went the way that 
everyone kind of expected it to. Uh, the final score doesn't really do it justice. The Eagles scored two fourth quarter touchdowns again. That's kind of been the story mm. um, of their season in losses anyway. Um, obviously, you know they've done all right in their wins, but losses like this, they did the same thing against the Bucks when they played in the regular season, scored a couple of fourth quarter touchdowns and kind of saved the ugly scoreline. But uh, Jalen Hurts, he wasn't good in this game. Uh, I thought it was a big opportunity for him to lock down the spot as the team's starting quarterback going forward. Um, he didn't do it in this game. He missed throws. He turned the ball over. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be the starter you know, next year and onwards, but um, with what Philly have, they've got three first-round draft picks. From what you've seen from um, Jalen Hurts this year, I think you've got to try your best to, to throw them in a package and try and get one of those quarterbacks um, that we keep mentioning uh, that could be on the market. But um, obviously, if you, if you can't go out and get someone like that, you have Hurts there and um, he certainly hasn't been bad this year. So, yeah. I'm sure Eagles fans would take this from Hurts. Obviously, they drafted him. No one really expected them to take him in the draft, and he's kind of turned into a pretty good player for them. So, um, they've got the option to upgrade, I guess you could say, but, mm. um, you know, they could settle for him going forward if they just can't get a deal done. The Buccaneers in this game were lacking weapons on offense. Um, obviously, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown aren't going to be back, but. They were also without their preferred options at running back. I think I mentioned in the preview, Fournette would be back, um, but he wasn't back for this game. Uh, Ronald Jones didn't play either, uh, but they still looked like a really good offense. Uh, Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn combined for 97 rushing yards on 30 carries. Not great stats, but they played good enough to, to do what they had to do on the ground. I think they both scored first quarter touchdowns in this game. Uh, Tom Brady, he was efficient again. Um, you know, he's five and zero in playoff games with the Bucks now. Obviously, um, won the Super Bowl last year, and he's only been there two years. But um, he obviously didn't have to do too much in this game. Uh, they led the whole way, and I kind of saw a stat during the um, during the week that the Buccaneers in um, combined wins from 2017 onwards. I think they were down towards 16 or 17th in the league. It's just incredible to see. Um, that span of four years, they obviously haven't been a winning team, but they get Tom Brady in and all of a sudden um, they've won a Super Bowl and they've turned into one of the most winningest teams over the last two years. Um, and, you know, if you're a fan of the Buccaneers, if you're a diehard fan, all of a sudden, you know, you've gone from being a team that um, really didn't have much excitement about it to a team that's just an absolute contender every year. Um, so it would be amazing to be a Buccaneers fan right now. Mike Evans was really good in this game, 117 yards and a touchdown on nine catches. He's going to have to be the guy moving forward. Obviously, he's kind of the last man standing, you could say, um, in the wide receiver room, um, stars-wise. Uh, but the way the Bucs use their running backs and tight ends in the passing game kind of makes up for the other two receivers that they don't have anymore, and they're still big losses to have, but it's easier to manage when you've got uh, guys like Gronkowski making big plays in the passing game, even OJ Howard and Cameron Braid as well. And then your running backs are chipping in as well. Um, so we all we all knew where this game was going and it got there. Um, I think Eagles fans, they have to be proud of their team once again, like the Raiders. Uh, nobody expected them you know, to be in this position and, and I don't think anyone really expected them to win this game. Um, but they were they were there. They they did well enough in the regular season. They've got some pieces moving forward, and and they've you know, you know they're in a position to um, kind of build a nice team for the next few years. Yeah, if they don't, if they're not one of the uh, winners out of the draft, something's gone extremely wrong. But I love what you said, and I love that we've taken a sort of theme here, probably without meaning to, about fans of uh, teams that have struggled for a while. The uh, the I don't know if you saw the photo on Twitter that went viral of the. Uh, the guy who it looks like he's crying into his tamper hat with the um, no longer the Buccaneers, we are now the Suckaneers banner. No, yeah, I, that hanging that. Over. I hope that bloke is the happiest prick on the planet right now. <laughs> I really hope that he's doing well because that's what you want. Of course, you're going to get bandwagoners. Tom Brady has fans all over the world. We know that. But if you're stuck through the shit, this is fantastic. And the other point that I do want to make about Brady, can you imagine having um, eight incompletions and no interceptions and you were the third best quarterback this week? Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> How stiff. stiff do you have to be? <laughs> so, yeah, Tampa Bands are, uh, Tampa Bay fans are pretty happy. And the Eagles will be looking forward to a good offseason to keep building. Oh, boy, mate. Uh, I thought we could avoid this, but apparently we couldn't. 23 to 17 is the scoreline. The Niners got up against your Cowboys. I'm going to let you take it away first. We've got a prepared statement from Smithy. Can you believe it? 
and uh, I want to chime in as well. And weirdly, I feel like I'm going to be the most positive out of the three of us. So I'll let you take it away first, mate, as the uh, Cowboys fan. Go for it. Yeah, well, I won't really talk about the game as much. Um, I said to you guys uh, that I didn't really watch it. and I don't plan on watching it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I found out the score before I had the opportunity to watch it. And, you know, I'm not going to go through and relive uh, what must have been a horrible game to watch live. I'm kind of glad I didn't have to, but um, I'll start with the end of the game. Uh, as I said, I didn't really watch it, but I did saw, I did see bits and pieces. The quarterback draw, it makes no sense to me uh, and it makes no sense to anyone else, I guess. Um, if they wanted 10, 10 yards or so on the final play, just throw it in the flat. The 49ers were kind of giving up the boundary of the sideline um, for about the first 10 yards anyway. So you could have just thrown it in the flat and picked up, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten yards, gotten out of bounds, and there would have been nine seconds on the clock and you can go from there. But um, that really made no sense to me. And if you are going to go for the quarterback draw, the quarterback needs to know that the ref has got to touch the ball um, before the next play. Uh, And obviously Dak Prescott made a bit of an error there. Um, I'm not too concerned about the end of the game. I know a lot of Cowboys fans are really upset that that's how the game finished. But, you know, if if everything worked out the way that it, that it could have and they get the uh, the one extra play at the end, how often do you see a playoff game um, finish like that? I, I don't, wouldn't have liked the Cowboys' chances anyway, but, I, but it did take uh, the opportunity away, I guess. So that's why a lot of Cowboys fans are annoyed. The next thing I'll touch on... Um, is the refs, uh, and I'm never one to blame the refs or use it as an excuse, and I'm not going to start now. Yeah, we've got um, to give you credit for that, mate. Yeah, And given the fact that, and I don't mean to generalise here, but a vast majority of your fan base have enjoyed doing that for a long time. So hats yeah. off to you for not doing it. So I'll throw yeah. that in there. It feels weird to give people compliments on this show, but there you go. <laughs> go for it. Uh, but, yeah, as I said in that um, in the first game we, we um, reviewed, the refs this week were kind of sloppy. Um, and the ending wasn't a good look, uh, but I think the person who who looks worst in this situation, um, as much as it hurts me to say, is Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott is my favourite player in the NFL. Um, he's such a great leader. He always has been. Um, he always says the right thing at the right time. He always does the right thing off the field. Uh, and in this situation, you know, he was he was clearly frustrated um, and essentially appreciated the fans for throwing things at the refs after the game. Um, and as I said, that's a very bad look for someone, you know, who always seems to say the right thing and do the right thing. Um, and I'm always one to agree with what Dak says. It's, it's very rare for me to have an opinion um, of something he's done or said off the field that I don't agree with. Um, and I don't think I've ever said anything negative about Dak as a person or a leader off the field. Um, but in this situation, he just has to, as a leader of the team, take accountability, uh, accountability sorry, although, you know, it's not his fault that we lost. Um, instead of trying to palm off the blame, um, I wasn't a fan of that. And on the back of that, you know, Dak has been getting a lot of hate for this game from Cowboys fans. Um, and you know, even I have to admit, he didn't have a good game. He did some nice things, uh, but at the end of the day, he laid a bit of an egg there. Um, certainly deserves some criticism. Uh, but you know, majority of what I saw after this game on social media, uh, it was fans blaming the loss on him. Uh, calling him an idiot for the way the game ended. And and that's nothing new for Cowboys fans. Um, <laughs> but it, it's the same fans that were begging last year um, for him to come back when he was hurt mm. or, um, you know, their excuse to other fans of other teams last year were, oh, if we had Dak, we won the division. Um, so they, they the fucking, fucking idiots just have to pick a side um, and stick to it. And I know that's really hard. Um, for people out there to hear because they just don't know what they want, but um, they just have to pick a side. And that leads me into the fucking idiots um, who are the Cowboys fans. Uh, You know, a large chunk of the the Cowboys fans are fucking idiots. I know there's um, people out there that obviously um, aren't and, you know, can cop a loss like this without resulting to other shit, but um, they just have to sit around and take their licks. Um, a large number of 49ers fans been commenting on Cowboys posts, um, obviously rubbing it in um, that they've beaten the Cowboys, and, and that's fair enough. You just have to cop that, and I think if you're going to engage in social media, you know, what you have to expect is when your team's season finishes, you're going to cop it, um, and there's nothing you can say uh, that's going to change what they're thinking. They've obviously had a big win, and then – 
you get the Cowboys fans that say, oh, well, what does it matter? You're going to lose next week to Green Bay anyway. So that's just – when you say things like that, you just look like the biggest fucking idiot um, and, you know, I'll, I'll never understand. But, um, you know, that's enough of that stupid shit like that. But I'll, I'll kind of touch on the Cowboys' incompetence as an organisation uh, now. Uh, you know, in my opinion, the team has the players to succeed. Um, certainly with the roster they have, uh, I didn't expect a first-round exit, um, and I'm sure no one in that building did either. Uh, obviously, they're not great defensively, but I think they're good enough um, offensively. They've got a good O-line. Dak's a, a good enough quarterback, um, and there's plenty of weapons there too. The issue with, with the Cowboys is the front office. Um, you know, when we fired Jason Garrett two seasons ago, we clearly were the team that was the most promising um, or looked the most promising for potential coaches. And with so much coaching talent in the league, it's really hard to get that wrong. And there's no way the Cowboys could get it wrong, right? Um, <laughs> but Jerry Jones decides to hire Mike. The only reason Aaron Rodgers has one ring is me, McCarthy. Uh, just said he, he could only manage one Super Bowl appearance with the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, he was there for a very long time. So uh, that really pissed me off. Um, another thing, it's pretty clear Tony Pollard has looked a lot better than Ezekiel Elliott this season. Um, Zeke's had 436 more snaps than Pollard this season, uh, and that's because the front office signed Zeke to a massive three, uh, Matt off the field who's earning uh, the money that he is um, you know, it was a bad choice at the time. And I think three years on, it's clear to say it was the wrong decision now to give that kind of money to a running back. Um, and, you know, the last thing I'll touch on for the Cowboys is the front office have an opportunity here um, to keep Dan Quinn in the building. Um, and, you know, he is the reason the Cowboys had a lot of success this season, certainly on defense. But I think that's translated to offense as well. And um, all they've got to do is, um, you know, tell no clock management McCarthy to uh, fuck off. Um, and, you know, the fact they kept uh, Clapper, Jason Garrett around for nearly 10 years uh, shows me that the wrong decision is probably going to be made here again. And, and I just the Cowboys firing a coach after two years just doesn't sound like something they'll do. And um, that's obviously on the front office again. Um, but, yeah, I'll quickly shout out the 49ers on the win. You, you can't speak about a game like this and then not touch on them. But um, they were the only road team to win uh, this week. They're also the only underdog to win this week. And, um, you know, you just, they deserve a lot of respect. It's really hard to win playoff games in the road. And that's what they did. Um, but, yeah, that's all I'll have to say about that. Beautiful. I love it, mate. Just a couple of things for you. And then I want to touch on the Niners as well. And then we'll move on. So the question that I want to ask you is, and again, it feels weird to be this, <laughs> this genuine in a question because I am. Um, genuinely intrigued about the answer. Does that toxicity amongst Cowboys fans, does that make it more difficult to support the Cowboys or does it just make it easier for you not to touch um, social media? Because if I've learned anything about being, you know, as full on a Dolphin fan as I've been for the last two years, it's when you lose, it's just stay off that shit because you know that the uh, morons are going to come out. But does it make it harder considering there are more Cowboys fans than there are fans of any other team? Yeah, it certainly makes it harder. And I just don't engage with any of them online just because, um, you know, you you're going to run into a bunch of idiots out there. But um, it does make it very hard. You kind of, um, you know, if you have something positive to say about the team, it's kind of seen as, oh, you think they're winning the Super Bowl. And and then, um, you know, I obviously try not to be too negative, but it, it does make it a, a, a lot harder just because, you know, you say to someone, I'm a Cowboys fan, and they instantly have what a Cowboys fan is, you know, wired into their brain. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good look, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know you're in trouble when you have to say, I'm a fan, and then you go, but I'm not one of those fans, <laughs> straight afterwards. And the second thing I've got for you, mate, is uh, Smithy, obviously not here um, tonight. Lazy prick. No, I'm just kidding. He's uh, on holiday with his uh, much better half than uh, than he will ever be. So, shout out to you, Smith. I'm, just, I'm going for a world <laughs> record of clipping him here because he's not here. But he had a prepared statement about this game, and if you think I'm mucking around, I'm not. This is genuinely serious. Um, so, he starts like this. Uh, Daz, you are a fucking champion and you carry this po- Oh, sorry, wrong statement. All right, hang on. I'll bring that up. All right, there we go. Oh, I appreciate Smithy saying that, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Here we go. Um, I've had 24 hours. I'm, the, by the way, not one of these words am I changing unless he spelt it wrong and he's a good speller, our man. So I don't think I'll have to change much. Oh, no. All right. 
I've had 24 hours to rest and brew on the ending of the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys game. Sounds like he'd just done a DUI and we're in a press conference. Um, and my opinion remains the same. To call a QB draw in that spot is the single most idiotic, moronic, and irrehensibly stupid play call I've ever seen. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, or both need to be held accountable for this costly mistake as it has ended the Cowboys season. I want to personally sympathize with our co-host TD at this time as his offense has been run by two of the biggest morons in this game. Don't forget, Dazzling, you're a champion. So... What do you think, mate? Your reaction to that? The uh, the big fella's not happy, and he's not even a Cowboys fan. <laughs> First thought is, I, I think um, you've thrown something at the end that he didn't put in there, but um, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's absolutely right, and um, it, it is frustrating. Uh, probably uh, it wouldn't be that frustrating for a lot of neutral fans who are really cheering against the Cowboys, but for a game to end like that, uh, just doesn't make sense. And you see um, teams in a position, two-minute drill, kind of like that towards the end of the game, um, you know, a lot throughout the course of the season and not once will you ever see or probably ever see again um, what happened in that game. It, it really, like, it, it, the thing that gets me is obviously Callan Moore as the coordinator has gone, all right, we're going to go the quarterback draw. And someone has the opportunity to say, oh, you know, I don't think you know, that's probably, you know, it's not going to work for anyone. It's never worked for anyone in the past in this situation. And that person probably would have been Mike McCarthy. And he apparently said, okay, yeah, okay, good call. But I would love to know what was going through Dak Prescott's mind, whether he thought, oh, okay, yeah, this is a good idea. Or if he kind of has any input to say, oh, you know, this isn't going to work. Or maybe they didn't have time to do anything like that. But uh, it, it, it goes through three people. And, you know, three people would have had to agree that that was a good idea um, when, I don't know how much the Earth's population is, but whatever that is, would have said, no, nah, not a good idea. So, yeah, 99.999% would have disagreed with probably the three, you know, or three of the smarter people in that position. Um, so it really doesn't make sense to me when that many people would have said or ended up did saying, what are you doing? Um, it had to go through three people to think, oh, yeah, good idea. Oh, yeah, good idea. Oh, yeah, good. Like, uh, I, it's something that I'll never forget. Um, and I think if the Cowboys um, hadn't have lost playoff games before in the most, like, painful ways, this one would hurt a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this one I don't even think really compares uh, to a few that have been in the past. So uh, that is handy, I guess. So I don't know whether this is a controversial opinion, but it's one that I'm going with. I think Cowboys fans need to look at this. I mean, look, they lost. And it, you can focus as much as you want on that QB draw, and so you should. It was ridiculous. But you were 23-7 to 7 down at three-quarter time. There, there, there needs to be a level of positivity in the fact that you were within, yeah, one decent call of potentially taking this thing to overtime. You were putrid for two and a half quarters. The first half of the second quarter, the Cowboys were better. Their defense looked okay. The first quarter and the third quarter, they didn't look like scoring. So if you're already two and a half quarters behind, the fact that you were within a score is both a good and a disastrous thing. I think the worst thing for the Cowboys to do in the offseason is nothing. I don't know how many wholesale changes need to be made, but if it's, you know, it's like talking about like offending someone and telling jokes. It's find that line, make the changes, and the line has to be somewhere. It's not none. Yeah, if you make yeah. if you make no jokes, you'll never be funny. If you go over the line, then you can pull it back. Now, in the NFL, it's a lot more difficult to pull it back, but I'm sure you'll agree with this. You'd rather five wholesale changes and maybe two of them don't work out than them do none, and you run it back the same again. Is that a fair statement, do you think? Yeah, it is. Um, you can't have a season like this, lose in the first round and, and expect to you know do nothing in the offseason and have the exact you know the same result or even better, I guess. There's no way you go into the offseason and go, oh, if we don't change a thing, we're probably going to do better than we did this season. There's, you know, no franchise in the league is thinking that. Um, and I, I do think um, the Cowboys are, are getting a little too hard done by, I guess, by a lot of neutrals. They did run into uh, the 49ers who were in some really good form. Uh, it's not like they just, you know, blew it against um, a lesser opponent. I thought the 49ers were really good there, but, you know, I'm happy to take uh, whatever comes my way.
Yeah, I honestly thought you were going to name a lesser franchise there and it would have been an ultimate drive-by. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it would have been the right time for it, but I think <laughs> no, I, I think so. But... All right, mate, enough about that. Let's move on to the Chiefs and the Steelers. 42-21 to 21 was the score. Took a while for this game to get going, but a pretty predictable result in the end. Yeah, uh, coming into the game, you, you probably thought the Steelers' only chance at a, at a win is um, playing a bit of solid D at the start and scoring first and kind of hanging on for dear life uh, with a with an early lead. Um, and, you know, that kind of played out that way for the first 20 minutes or so. Uh, they scored the first touchdown on a fumble recovery um, by TJ Watt, which he obviously took into the end zone. Uh, and, you know, you kind of thought, oh, they've planted the seats for an upset here and, and maybe, um, maybe Big Ben's going to keep rolling, but uh, yeah, they just couldn't hang on for long at all. Um, they did hold the Chiefs scoreless for the first quarter and the first five minutes um, of the second quarter before that um, touchdown that they scored, but they then gave up 21 points in the final six minutes of the first half, um, and we just hadn't seen that kind of explosiveness from the Chiefs for a while. Um, you know, the last couple of years, they've been a team that can put together um, touchdown drives really quickly. Um, we obviously haven't seen that much this year, but they did it uh, in this game and, you know, Kind of like the Bills, they're hitting some form at the right time. Um, and it kind of all went downhill for Pittsburgh from there. Uh, Kansas City scored 35 unanswered points. They had five straight touchdown drives that the Steelers followed up with either punts or turnovers. Uh, and the game was too far gone after that. The Chiefs, they shut down the Steelers' run game. They were held to 56 rushing yards on 20 carries. I'm pretty sure Najee Harris had his first career. Uh, fumble, which is uh, disappointing for him. Obviously, you never want to have your first career fumble in a playoff game. Um, you know, that I think put too much pressure on Big Ben and the Steelers' passing attack. They didn't have a pass catcher with more than 40 receiving yards. Uh, that's obviously not ideal. And I thought the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster had more catches and yards than Chase Claypool um, in his first game back from injury probably didn't look too good for Chase Claypool. Um, I thought he'd make a bit of a second-year leap this year, and he kind of didn't. Um, but, you know, they've got a lot of other issues. Their wide receiver room's looking pretty good. Um, you know, if you've got Chase Claypool as your second wide receiver, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Uh, once again, we kind of all res- uh, not respected this result, but expected it. Um, yeah, it was obviously one of the games where you kind of – I, I had a little soft spot for the Steelers, so I was kind of hoping um, they could spring the upset. And I guess I said at the start, you know, it looked like they might have done that at the start, but they obviously didn't. Um, I think Pittsburgh overachieved this season. That's not going to be um, really a, a bold take or anything. Um, I, I don't think many people expected them to make the playoffs over teams like the Chargers or the Browns or even the Ravens. Um, and I just think the gap between the Steelers and the Chiefs was far too big. Um, so, unfortunately, the Steelers are out. Yeah, definitely. Just want to give a bit of a shout-out to Jarek McKinnon as well. 142 total yards and a touchdown. Who, I think, apart from um, Chiefs fans, I don't think a lot of people probably know too much about um, Jarek. So, he dominated. Big Ben, uh, a career all over, man. And uh, also want to give a shout-out to uh, Zach Gentry, who will forever be a trivia question as he caught the last pass that Big Ben threw. So, he'll enjoy that. And... Um, I know Big Ben's been marred by uh, some things off the field of which we don't know enough about to comment on. Um, As a pure football fan, I think that he will be missed by many as a pure football talent. Um, What's your take on Big Ben and his career, man? Yeah, obviously um, the last few years of his career probably haven't gone the way that he wanted them to, Um, but he's, he's a He's one of the all-time greats in the NFL, and I think I've said it on this show before. He's one of the last remaining, or not anymore, but he was one of the last remaining star quarterbacks from when I got into the um, the NFL. So it is kind of sad to see um, you know him, him go. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for him. He's always been um, a really good quarterback to watch. Really strong arm. Uh, you know, he's always you know love him or hate him. You know, he's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of this era in the NFL, um, and he will go down as one of the Steelers' greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, he's obviously won a couple of Super Bowls, and you know he, he's – I mean, I don't think it's a bold take to say he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's my opinion. I think a lot of other people would agree. Um, but, yeah, certainly sad to see him go. 
as a as a kind of nostalgic kind of thing to me. Um, but at the end of the day, the way he was playing, um, you easily could say that you know time's up for him. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and the last question on the Steelers before we move on: um, if you're Aaron Rodgers, or if you're a quarterback that might be looking for a new home, and we could, you know, shout names until we're blue in the face. Are you looking at what Pittsburgh did this year and thinking that you're jumping on a genuine winner here? What do you think? Do you think they're a better chance of getting a free agent, or do you think they draft one, a quarterback that is, of course? Uh, I think they are a pretty good chance of getting a, a free agent just because Pittsburgh's such a, a football town and it's got so much history um, in there. I think it's, it's obviously not... Um, a very marketable place like New York or or Los Angeles or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think if I, no, I mean, it's, it's, if I was a quarterback in free agency, I, I would love to go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, the offensive line is a bit of an issue, but uh, it's really hard to come across a really good offensive line. I'm sure they can fix that up um, in the off season or at least do a little bit of work to it. They've obviously got a lot of talent. A wide receiver, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Like I said, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. I don't know if he'll be back, but they've obviously um, got a young running back, Najee Harris. Uh, their defense is always, you know, although it hasn't been great um, well, this year, it always is a strong um, defense. So they're always, if they can find um, a good you know, quarterback or, or if the quarterback's looking there, they can say, well, if I'm good enough, this team can be good enough. So I think it's, you know, it certainly is a, a, a place to watch to land a big name, I think. Yeah, and if you that's a pretty easy, when you talk about fixing the O-line, that's a pretty easy phone call to make. Just, we need yep. to fix the O-line. Oh, why is that? <laughs> uh, we're going to sign Aaron Rodgers. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll be sure to do that. Goodness gracious me. Um, and I don't want to offend anyone that's a Cincinnati or a Tennessee fan because both of your fan bases should be super excited but the Chiefs' bills could be the most excited I've been for a game that is not obviously involving the Dolphins that I can remember for a long time. Can't wait for it. 89 points between them they put up this week. So I think it'll be obviously less scoring than that, but these are going to be two genuinely awesome teams going at it. And we finish with today, mate, the game that we all thought would be the closest and that ended up being the second biggest result of the weekend with a 34-11 to 11 win. Um, and if there is some, you know, uh, consolation for the Cardinals fans, they knew pretty early on that it wasn't going to be their day. So it might be less heartbreaking in a way, although they did have a fantastic year, just whatever could go wrong did go wrong. What do you think? Yeah, they, they, um, it'd be a rough day to be a Cardinals fan. I think, um, this game I was looking forward to, I thought, um, coming into today, obviously I said earlier, it hasn't been the best, um, week in terms of football matchups. This one. Um, looked like maybe the best of the bunch or at least one of the better ones. Um, and I kind of thought to myself, after the five games we've had, this one has to be um, a close game and it didn't turn out that way. I thought the Rams looked really good. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, they didn't have to rely on Matt Stafford in this game. Um, you know, he only attempted 17 passes, which I'm sure um, he would, you know, he's certainly happy about the way he's you know, not struggled in the passing game lately, but there has been a lot of pressure on him in the passing game and a lot of criticism about his passing. So for him to be pretty efficient with 17 passes, I think he's only going to help his confidence. Um, Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers looked really good running the ball. Uh, both went for over 50 rushing yards on 10 or more carries. Um, the Cardinals' defense in this game looked really soft, I thought. They struggled to get stops. Um, the offense certainly didn't help them at all with field position. Uh, but they just couldn't get a stop when they needed one. And kind of speaking on the Cardinals' offense, uh, it was really bad. Um, they didn't really get anything going until the game was just about over. They had 30 total yards at halftime, uh, and the score was 21-0. to zero. And, and kind of linking back to the defense, as I said, they couldn't get a stop. Um, they really needed to get a stop the first drive of the second half to make this a game. Uh, they couldn't get a stop. The Rams ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. It was 28 to nothing, and uh, there's no looking back from there. Although, you know, people will say, oh, the Cardinals, if they can get a touchdown, they're a chance. I don't think anyone really thought they were a chance from there. Uh, Kyler Murray, he really struggled. Uh, he threw one of the worst pick sixes I've seen this season. Uh, and I thought it was very Jameis Winston-like. Um, uh, Jameis Winston, back in the day, I remember, I think, in a preseason game just, felt the pressure and instead of taking the sack, uh, just threw it up in the air and, and it got intercepted. Um, and it just reminded me of that. But, um, you know, it, it just looked like 
um, you know, he, he tried to throw the ball away, I guess, to avoid a safety um, and ended up giving a, a, up a defensive touchdown. So, you know, he's going to learn from that as his first playoff game. Um, it didn't look good, uh, but the Rams' defensive line and defense in general put a lot of pressure on him in this game and didn't allow him to do much at all. I think he only had two rushes for six yards in this game, which is um, really surprising. And, you know, when you see that, there's no um, no questions about, you know, why the Rams won this game. If you can contain Kyler Murray like that, it, it goes a long way to winning the game. Uh, you know, and that play that I spoke of, the pick six, it only happened uh, because of an amazing pass breakup by Nick Scott, which was uh, the play before. Um, and in my opinion, I thought that was play of the game. AJ Green found himself in a little bit of space um, on second down and he made the catch and, and Scott came flying in from nowhere and made the hit, which kind of poked the ball free and, and they ruled it a catch and fumble. Um, and that would have given Arizona the ball at about their own 20 yard line and with a little bit of momentum. Um, but once again, after a bit of a sloppiness from the refs, um, considering what the call was and then reviewing it and then reviewing the review or, or something like that, they determined it was an incomplete pass. And, and then the next play was obviously the pick six. Um, I think AJ Green needs to make that catch. It wasn't a hard catch to make. He made the catch. Um, it was just the hit afterwards that broke the ball free. Um, and to be honest, any, if he did make that catch, anything can happen from there. The score was 14 to zero. The Cardinals would have had their biggest play of the game, I guess. And, and if they could have gone down the field and put some points on the board, you know, who knows what happens there. But um, coming into the season, Arizona's passing attack and their weapons in the passing game looked really good. Uh, and they looked a lot better when they traded for Zach Ertz halfway through the year. Um, but I think they got exposed a little bit when Hopkins got injured. Uh, they really struggled and they lost a lot of explosiveness um, in that area. And it, it certainly wasn't the reason they lost in this game, but it did have something to do with uh, why they finished the season the way they did. Um, their offense obviously died off a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's really frustrating for Arizona fans Obviously, they were the last remaining undefeated team. I think at one point they were eight and one or nine and one, and looking really well. They obviously dropped off and and ended up having to play a road playoff game. and And now I think it's their fifth or sixth straight season without a playoff win, which isn't really that bad um, compared to a lot of other teams. But um, you know, it's it's not ideal. No, it's definitely not. And I tell you, who else was happy with that pick six, mate? Apart from all the Rams, that'd be Tyrod Taylor. Who's thinking, <laughs> yeah, someone could take the title off me. So, but that'll be a discussion for another day. Um, I want to talk about the Rams because there's something that happened in this game that it wasn't, you know, a massive play and it didn't result in um, a massive difference in the game. But to sort of sum up the amazing story, I think that the Rams have been at times was Odell's 40-yard pass to Cam Akers. If you had a said at, the, at week one, that, hey, um, in a playoff game, Odell is just going to launch a 40-yard bomb and Cam Akers is going to catch it. Rams fans would have looked at you and probably hit you with a chair. It would <laughs> it just sounded would have sounded so ridiculous. So in, in a game where, you know, uh, after the pick six, nothing really else of note happened. I just wanted to give that moment a bit of a shout-out. Uh, how have you seen Odell so far? And do you think he's the X factor that can take the Rams potentially further than next week without previewing the game, of course? Yeah, I um, actually saw or heard something during the week saying <clears throat> the Odell signing has been a bit of a letdown considering he hasn't been um, or hasn't had big yardage games. But I think it's been the opposite. I, th I think he's scored a touchdown nearly every game that he's played for the Rams. Um, and when you've got a guy like Cooper Cup who's going to consistently give you 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards, you don't need Odell Beckham to be that guy who's going to give you 100-yard performances um, he's going to have a, a couple of catches and, and um, you know, as I said, he's going to score a touchdown. And I think he did in this game with a, with a nice catch in the corner of the end zone. Um, I think it's, it was a great signing, especially since they lost Robert Woods. Um, but, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. And, um, you know, I, I was high on the Rams kind of this year. I think I fell off over their performance over the last few weeks and I was kind of down on them in this game. But, um, the way they played in this game looks really good. I think they've got the Bucks next week. You know, that's looking like a really good game. And and I think the Rams, like I've said about a couple of teams tonight, they're hitting some good form at the right, right time of the year. And, um, you know, going back to that Odell thing, obviously I think that was a successful move because um, when you have a look at the wide receivers outside of Cooper Cup, there's not too many of them doing uh, much else. I know um, Van Jefferson pokes up here and there, but um, Odell Beckham's kind of a perfect guy 
to be your wide receiver too. I think he's on a one-year deal, so you don't really have to, um, you know, he's probably not going to be there next year unless he really enjoys his time and and wants to kind of sign a team-friendly deal. But you don't have to look after him the way um, that you would have to look after someone who um, is there on a long-term deal. So I think it was a, a big success for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. And can you imagine being the defensive coordinator for the Bucks next week? All right, Cooper Cup's having an all-time year. We need to double-team him. Well, who are we taking the defender off? Odell Beckham Jr. Awesome. Great. <laughs> but like you said, Van Jefferson does pop up. He made one of the catches of the game and went for 41 yards on his one catch anyway. So yeah. it, they're, they're kind of like a Swiss Army knife. that would be uh, the game break call for next the week. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. We are just about done. Um, I know that you don't have a full piss takers, but I do want to ask you, out of Allen, Mahomes, and Brady, who would you give the uh, best quarterback of the week to? Because on the Reddit poll that I found, um, I'll give you their results because I know that you'll have an answer ready and you won't change it based on everyone else's opinion. Uh, 83% have said Allen, 13% have said Mahomes, and 4% have said Brady. And like I said, I feel for Brady. Imagine having 4% on the game that he had. <laughs> but do you agree with everyone and give it to Josh Allen? Yeah, I think I do. Um, considering uh, the conditions he played in, everyone kind of made a big deal during the week about his circulation issues or or kind. Of, even I said it, it's probably going to be a cold game. And I don't think um, – well, I certainly – don't understand how cold them games are because we certainly not down this part of Australia never gets that cold, but um, there's steam coming out of their mouths um, every time they breathe. Uh, you could just imagine how hard it would be to play in a game like that and he and he put up record numbers in a playoff game against what has been a, a very good defence in the past and obviously a really good coach. So I think that one's an easy one for me. Um, obviously, as you said, a bit stiff to be Brady and even Mahomes. I thought he played really well as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's amazing. But that's it, mate. We are all done. Uh, you owe us another six pack for the uh, for the fun because you locked the Cowboys. Yeah, I won't be doing that again. At least I can't do it again. Yes, that's a very good point. And they went down <laughs> by six. How poetic! You've been fantastic, mate. Smithy, you're still going to be on holiday for the preview, so he can get nicked as well. If you want to send him a message on our lazy, he's being feel free to do so. I'll do his tips for him, I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) mate. I'd really appreciate that. You've been fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to the Wildcard Weekend Review. We'll see you in the preview for a couple of days. Be well, and to quote the great man that's not here, stay safe, everyone.